Hey guys, welcome back to another Sentai-rific episode of Sentai Saturdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Ranger hosts tonight, and I am joined tonight by three, count them, three of my fellow Rangers. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Space Chickenhead Man is ready for justice. Hey, it's Mike. This is Justin, aiming at your heart. Target lock. This is Tony, and I've got a need, a need for speed. All right. So we are here tonight in honor of a summer 2017 release, and it's going to be the release of a feature film in Japan titled Space Sheriff Gavin versus Ranger. And so in honor of that film's release we decided to do a Decoranger Space Sheriff Gavin Double Dare. And we're actually looking at the first episodes of each series tonight as a honorific tie-in to the film's release. So I guess what we're going to do is we're going to have Justin give us a synopsis of the first episode of Decca Ranger, and then we will discuss it. And of course, in the second half of the show, we're going to be looking at Space Sheriff Gavin. So go ahead and take it away. Well, first, I'm just going to give a few like facts about the series. Tokso Sentai Decca Ranger is the 28th entry in the Super Sentai series, and it ran from February 15, 2004, until February 6, 2005, for a total of 50 episodes. There are seven main rangers in this series, which is a first for Super Sentai. As to the series setup, I'll just regurgitate the opening narration. SPD, Special Police Decca Ranger. Five detectives who fight cool with burning hearts. Their mission? To combat space criminals who invade Earth. 
They will protect the peace and safety of all humanity. This series is actually pretty notable in that there is no central villain and there is no evil organization or evil empire. Uh, there are some reoccurring bad guys who show up like every other episode or something like that. But this is kind of a this is kind of a new approach for Super Sentai. Uh, and as for episode one, it is titled Fireball Newcomer. And the kind of short and sweet uh, synopsis for this episode is we see the the rookie Red Ranger. His name is Bond. He's kind of like out in his uh, Deca machine. He's chasing this criminal and he's tearing the place apart. And his superior basically is like, I would fire you, but you've been transferred to Earth. I don't know why, but I'm happy to be rid of you. And on Earth, we see the other four Deca Rangers. And they are this very well, they're like a well-oiled machine. Like they work in precision. They have all the kinks worked out. And they're kind of like working this case where they're trying to figure out why this alien had some kind of like weird piece of technology in his stomach. And as they're investigating, they're attacked by this kind of like a robot, uh, kind of like a robot henchman. And he throws out like kind of like lesser like goons to fight the Decker Rangers. And their objective is to capture the main robot guy and find out like what this piece of technology is. And later they want to find out like why the shield around Earth is having problems because there is this uh, kind of like an energy shield encompassing the planet. And there's like a hole in it now that's kind of like let uh, some like weird space spacecraft uh, descend to Earth. And as the four Decker Rangers are in pursuit of this guy, like who shows up but Decker Red, Bond, the hot-headed like show-off. And of course, he doesn't like listen to anyone. He's like messing up their like their well-oiled machine, and he kills the guy that they were like trying to capture. And then the episode ends with these like weird machines, kind of like they're just kind of like they've landed in different places, and the episode just kind of like you know to be continued, and we fade to credits. So, does anybody want to talk about how Decker Red? viciously interrupted a cat people marriage because that was something that stood out to me but i was i personally personally i was happy it was a girl cat and a guy cat and and they were getting married it wasn't like dogs and cats and all kinds of craziness it seemed like a pretty traditional marriage and they were shocked and appalled that he drove his his Deca car like straight through the wedding ceremony and then you had his like squid face captain like chewing him out over it so I thought that was pretty funny I actually made a note of that I've I've, I've wrote down cat people get married Derek in Spain <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I enjoyed watching the first episode like I, I have much more familiarity with this series in its Power Ranger form like I, I watched Power Rangers SPD pretty faithfully, so I, I, I sort of, I guess they, they paint parallels to Doggy Kruger, their, you know, main sort of mentor chief character and everything, but I, I think it's interesting that in the, it, I, I guess they point to the American version of the character looking better but I, I don't know if that's debatable or whatever, but like in, in the Japanese version, he's still kind of a, a dog wolfish looking character, but he seems to be furry, but his mouth doesn't really have any motion or movement that's noteworthy. Whereas 
I guess the SPD version of Doggy Kruger. He's got almost like scales, like his face looks a lot more rubbery, which I don't know if that makes it look any realer. If that makes any sense, I don't even know if that's a word, but I don't I don't know if that makes it look any more realistic. But I guess it does have that whole Jim Henson turtles, you know, Roger Corman thing, animatronic vibe where, you know, the 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 American version, his mouth kind of moves around as the dialogue goes on. So there, there's those differences, but I, I don't know, like, I, I was trying to look and see if there was any story as to why they changed it, other than they thought that their version looked better, you know, but, but I didn't really find any important information about that as far as it goes. It just seemed to indicate that the American version was made with a, a higher budget, I guess, but I did, I did kind of take note of that. Like, I've never seen, like, SBD, but I did watch, like, Linkara's, like, history of Mm. Power Rangers, like, entry on it. And I was kind of like, okay, like, I I could, like, first of all, you gotta, like, you know, get past the fact that it's, uh, you know, a guy in a dog suit, like, you know, talking. But, I mean, I didn't, like, when, in that context, I was like, okay, well, that doesn't look like, like, you know, I I can get past that. But, like, when I watched this episode, I was kind of like, I, I'm not buying this. Like, why? Like, and I was kind of like, me, like I, I was trying to like recall what he looked like in SBD, and I was kind of like, did he look different? Like, yeah, he, I don't I know. Mean, like, his I mouth mean, wasn't, yeah, yeah. I mean, his mouth wasn't moving like in this first yeah. episode of Decker Ranger. So, yeah, it's like his mouth doesn't move. He's a lot more furry and thinner, almost. And like, I, I mean, it's almost like in the Japanese version, he's got like a stuffed animal head or something. If that makes any sense, like a, like he's a teddy bear or something almost. But in the in in the American Power Rangers version, he's he's like this animatronic sort of scaly rubber thing, which I guess you know to to most people maybe works better than than the version in this. I don't know. He he, he looks like well, I I would dare say like kind of friendlier in the Japanese version. No, yeah, I can see that. Like, cause, cause, like in the in the SPD show, they they do that trick where they have him grimace a lot, and his his eyes get all kind of crinkled and stuff like that. And he's actually kind of scary at some points when he, you know, it's like he's he's a dog, you know, like he he kind of growls at you know his his you know cadets and stuff like that. Whereas in I think in the Japanese version, like I said, he's more like a teddy bear. Like he's a little more cuddly i guess if that's the right <laughs> word i don't know yeah, i'm just i'm i'm looking it up on the the ranger wiki and it says uh the american version is noticeably more high budget and with scale like skin instead of fur yeah yeah so, so. He, he looks more like kind of like a uh beerus like a live action character hmm. how they would how they would probably approach it because beerus doesn't seem to have like fur in and dragon ball super he seems to like be like you know one of those cats without any fur. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, w- so I would say that I I definitely dig the whole Decker Red going like John Woo ape shit at the end there with his like you know double pistols and uh, you know even if he's showing off, I mean it's pretty cool. Like he's it, like he's his hybrid magnum. <laughs> he's, he's you know not looking, but he's doing these like cross shots on either side of his his personages and then you know foot soldiers they're getting like you know 
nailed or whatever as they, you know, come to attack him and stuff like that. And there's that one cool clip where, like, he's, he's, like, running down, like, defying all forms of gravity and science. He's just, like, running straight down the, the building and shooting them, like, as he runs down the building. So, like, I, I thought all that stuff was pretty, you know, as far as, like, an action sequence goes, was pretty fun. And I kind of, it, it, the, the other thing I noticed that I thought was kind of interesting was, I, I did try to rewatch a couple of the, the Power Rangers SPD episodes to compare it with this. And it's like, it seems like in those, they, they were trying as long as they could to not use the guns in the American version. Like, where they had them use, like, swords, and they had them use, you know, the, the dreaded, as, as Linkara would say, the dreaded civilian powers and all this other stuff. And then eventually they... They, you know, combine, like, the lance with some kind of gun handle and then use guns, you know. But, like, it seems like in this, it was like they just, you know, once Decker Red showed up, he was like, all right, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, do any martial arts. I'm not going to flip kick you. I'm not going to do any of that bullshit. But what I am going to do is come in guns blazing. And he he literally, (laughs) like, blows all these guys away, you know. And that was, I I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, like, you know, kind of speaks to his character anyway because the the first segment with him when he's chasing that like you know weird like beetle alien guy or whatever um he's in you know his car like chasing you know down this you know uh space freeway he gives no fucks you know he's just like you know i'm going to get the guy i'm going to get the guy and then like you know like he said every crashes through the cat wedding and everything like that and he's talking to his boss i wonder like you know that there's a lot of jokes in in culture like you know how American tropes like eventually get to like the other countries, you know, there's always like that, that joke that like, you know, Oh, you know, Saudi Arabia finally got death leopard last week, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I wonder like, you know, if like the guy who was writing this, you know, was like, I just saw lethal weapon, <laughs> and, you know, cause it was very much a Riggs and Murtaugh, like, you know, you two are like, you are a loose cannon. And you're like, you know, you're, you're the most like unprofessional cop I have. And, you know, I don't know why you got no, to know what know what know what some of the episode reminded me of uh, was like when they said like aliens like living on Earth and disguise was like men in black. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I that. Can see yeah. that too. You, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up too, Mike, because I I think may, maybe more with Power Rangers SPD than this first episode of of uh, Decker Ranger, but the the whole idea of like aliens and how they're you know. Uh, in this, it's more like they're in disguise, but I think in the Power Rangers thing, th- there's a little less of the disguise where it's like, oh, there's just, you know, aliens and they're on Earth and we're all living in harmony except for the evil ones who, you know, they, they kick the shit out of and lock up and everything. And, like, it, it kind of reminds me of how in, like, Angel, it seemed like in L.A., like, people just walked around, you know, like demons and shit, and they were in, you know, their full regalia and nobody really batted an eye, you know, at some points where it's like you just walk by and there's some dude in blue with, like, big red horns and, you know, nobody questions it, you know, so it's like, it was kind of like, in in some of these things, I I mean, at least in the the Japanese version, it seemed like they were in disguise, like, where it's like, they, they have those interviews where they're, like, talking with the aliens, and it's like, usually it's like, you know, Japanese men and women, but, like, in one of the the panels, it was like a little dog that was like disguised as the alien. So they were like having <laughs> a, a, an interrogation with like a little, 
little tiny Japanese dog or whatever. Yeah, I think one thing that was also interesting is like we we've we've mentioned this before with other series with how they're shot and everything like that. But a Decoranger again, it has that feeling of something that like you know, even though it looks kind of older due to like the film filming quality, like like the the whatever kind of cameras they use, like. But at the same time, it didn't look like it was made in two thousand five. I mean, the effects are great. I mean, nothing like, you know, the, the, the car battle like that is like totally acceptable. Is it like kind of, does it kind of give it like a timeless quality to you guys? Like, you know, it's like, because I'll, I'll watch something like, you know, uh, X-Aid right now, Kamen Rider X-Aid. And it does look new. It looks like, you know, it's shot with like HD cameras and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I could watch like, you know, Decoranger and it does look newer than say, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a older series. Um, I'm horrible with the names. What, what's the one after uh, Zoo Ranger, Justin? Die Ranger. Die Ranger. It like the, the the film quality almost looks like a little bit better than Die Ranger, but Die Ranger was like in the '90s, and it's like it's just kind of weird. It doesn't look. It's weird. It looks old, but it doesn't look old. I mean, am I making any sense, or am I the only one who kind of got that vibe that like the 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 film like whatever cameras they use, they seem to use the same cameras for a very long time. <laughs> Well, some, sometimes it might just be the source that you watched it on, because, you know, I, I think they recently released this series on Blu-ray in Japan, so yes. I, I think maybe if you watch okay. the Blu-rays, you might not have the same vibe you do when you watch, say, like the, the VHS or the DVD-sourced material, you know, like that. I, I would imagine that might play some part in in that's how fair you're, yeah how you're viewing it that, that it's just my speculation i don't know for sure but I, I i think i understand where you're coming from though but i i i would be interested to see what you think if you watched like you know a blu-ray rip instead of uh, a dvd or vhs rip because maybe it has more to do with the source than it does equipment they use to shoot the series okay what's what's the first time that you were introduced to Decoranger, Justin, like, were you were you already pretty big into Super Sentai by the time this came out? Like, was this something maybe you were watching, you know, concurrently with Blade or something? Like, because I think Kamen Rider Blade was the series that was on Superhero Time when this was being shown in Japan. Actually, this was the very first Super Sentai anything I ever watched. You know, I, I you know, of course, for years I knew... Power Rangers was just an Americanized version of, you know, different Japanese shows. But I had never actually been able to sit down and watch that, you know, that unfiltered Japanese version. And I think it might have been, I mean, it could have been you yourself, Derek, but I remember someone on Bot Talk pointed me to TV Nihon. And I was like, wait, you mean like there's a place on the internet where I can like download like the English subtitled versions of these shows like well this this is great and i remember like downloading i think it was the first four episodes of decker ranger because that was all that had been subbed at that point and i remember sitting down and watching it and i was like this is great like you know i remember people were always talking about how the japanese version was you know so much better like the acting was better the special effects were better you know it was more mature there was more action like people actually died you know even civilians I was like, you know, I was kind of blown away to see all that. And like, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons I like really got into Super Sentai. Like that was kind of the death of Power Rangers for me. I mean, I did watch the various shows off and on, like 
but not as much. Like I think the last one I really actually watched was RPM, and then you know the other ones I didn't really care so much about. But like I really, really got into Super Sentai, and it was because of this. And I really like Decker Ranger. Like I like all the characters. I think the suits look really cool. I love the music. And then the whole like space police who like want to be hard boiled. Like I like that. And then of course, you know, maybe Derek will back me up on this, but like uh, I love the girls. I, I love Umiko and Jasmine. <laughs> like like I think they're great. And you know the fact that like Umiko is like out of fifty episodes, like she's probably like in her bathtub and like you know. Forty-eight of this episode yeah, or something. Seems, so that, that kind of helps. To be like the main, <laughs> the main drawing feature to Umiko. Even, even in the first bath. episode, she's like, "I gotta go take a bath." <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that that's her thing, and like, you know, she you know she is the Pink Ranger, but you know to take kind of like take a page from like uh, past Super Sentai, like kind of like how Ninja White from Cocky Ranger was like the leader. Or, you know, Time Pink from Tie Ranger was the leader. Like, Umiko is kind of the field leader of the Decker Rangers. And sometimes they, like, don't listen to her. And sometimes they, like, say, oh, you just made that up yourself. Like, you call yourself the field leader, but you're not. But, like, she she kind of, like, took that role upon herself. And But later on, you know, like, Doggy, he's, like, you know, you know, like, they report to him, but he kind of, like, leaves things, like, up to her. And, like, sometimes they, like, <laughs> sometimes they don't want to listen to her because she can be a little wacky, as you can see. Um, I, I, One thing I was going to ask you, Justin, because, uh, well, and Derek, too, since you watch so much uh, SPD. Like, obviously, like, the core plot of what they do in SPD is different from Decker Ranger. But is it one of the shows where they take a lot of stuff from the uh, Sentai and actually, like, you know, give it the, the, the actual source material a lot of credit. Because, I mean, in SPD, they are space police. They, there is Doggy Kruger. It's not like, you know, Elantra, the electric woman cop or something like that. And, you know, it seems like while they don't do the story, you know, as they did it with Decorator, they they seem to really give a lot of nods to the show. You know, it, it, was that kind of like a cool thing that, like, you know... That they, apparently the source material was so good that they actually were, you know, wanting to use Space Police. They were wanting to use, you know, Doggy Kruger. They were wanting to use, like, this idea for the show instead of just being like, oh, instead of, like, Zyu Ranger, where it's, like, ancient people who, like, have dinosaurs who can come and help them. It's five teens from Angel Grove, you know? I, I, I start to wonder if that has more to do with the fact that the pre-existing footage and costuming like they all had spd logos and and things like that like i it's almost like they were kind of forced to use that like whether it was space police you know or not you know what i mean like like they 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 were kind of locked into something I, i i i could be wrong but i mean i i i think that might be part of it um and then and then that they're using or reusing costuming. I mean, well, that's. I, I I feel like that's something maybe they've always done. But it's interesting that they that that something like Doggy Kruger was carried over, kind of almost. You know, the the entire concept of that character. I mean, yeah, they 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 revised the head and tried to make it look what they thought was you know make it look a little better. You know, to to American audiences, but then like you know, you know what's funny is then they have like I mean you know we haven't talked about you know Justin mentioned there are seven 
rangers in this and you know spoilers or whatever but the, the you know you you're introduced to you know deck of red and then you know we we meet you know blue and green and yellow and then we've been talking about deck of pink with the bubble baths and all that stuff and of course you know doggy kruger is going to end up being the sixth ranger and the seventh one is a character we meet in this called swan shiratori and that's the the lady that is kind of you know more scientific that you know doggy kruger runs into in this episode and she kind of has those those almost Valkyrie-like ears, I guess, or I don't know how you'd want to describe it. You know, she kind of has those Swan Lake headdress or, or Asgardian headdress or what have you, right? And, like, her counterpart on SPD is the cat girl. Like, you know, this the, the lady called Cat Manx, and, like, they're not exactly... Because I was sitting there kind of scratching my head because I was so familiar with the Power Rangers version, and I was like, oh, is she still a cat in this? And then I said, well, no, she can't be a cat. They just had a cat wedding, so, like, what is she? And it's like, oh, well, she's, like, a swan, I guess? Like, you know, like, part swan? Like, a, a cute Japanese singer who's also part swan, I guess? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know, but I'm not, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm not going to think about this too hard, you know, it's just... She's she's part swan, I guess, you know, but uh, but I mean, it, it's not like they they pulled that whole wholesale from the Super Sentai. I mean, they, there is a female, you know, science type officer, but it's, you know, she happens to be a cat, I guess, in the American version, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some differences, but like like I said, you know, there are there's some similarities. What, what do you think about like? That like what me and Derek talk about, Justin. Like, did you kind of were happy when SPD nodded that, or do you think it's like what Derek said? They were kind of forced into a act of convenience for Sentai fans. Is like, well, they say SPD. I guess we got to kind of say they're space police. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was a little bit of that, but I also think maybe it was the writing for Power Rangers was getting better. Like, I know. I mean, you know, it, it's people complaining on the internet, and producers can say, "Oh, we don't read that," but I think, I think they're aware of that. So, I, I think they were probably aware of people on the internet complaining, "Oh, you, you know, you took G Ranger and made it into Mighty Morphin," and of course, you know, they're like in G Ranger, there is no Zordon, there is no like wacky Alpha Five robot or like you know, you know, any kind of like robot with a Brooklyn accent for whatever wacky reason. But uh, I, I think it was a bit, an, a bit of an effort on the writers and producers to kind of like maybe stick to the core premise a little bit more. See, like my, my memory of SPD is a little fuzzy because I haven't like rewatched any of that in ages. But uh, yeah, I, I think for, like from what I remember, like they did stick to like the, you know, the core of the idea of them being space police. But, you know, I know I know they also introduced their own elements. Like I remember like. Weren't the Rangers on SPD like the B team, and yeah. then like the A team yeah. ended up like being bad guys or something? Like there's yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. Like in in Decker Ranger, there's not really any of that. Like there is one guy who's like a high muckety muck up in the like, space police ranks or whatever. Like he's kind of a a corrupt guy. They end up exposing later on, and I think I think that's really you know the only like corrupt you know officer in Decker Ranger as far as I can remember. Yeah, it seems like the guys in Decker Ranger, like as far as they're they're standing in the uh, space police, they're uh, I don't know if you call them the A team, 
but they're, they're definitely shown as being competent. They're like, you know, a good squad and all that. That's why they're so pissed off at Bond when he comes in and he's like, you know, the loose cannon is like, you know, he has the like nerve to like yell at them for like, you know, ruining his like, you know, cool entrance and stuff. It's like, I was being cool. <laughs> you weren't being cool. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Bond. But I just thought that was interesting because there are shows that like even later on don't seem to really acknowledge their Sentai roots, which you don't have to do. I mean, this is, you know, it's been owned by Disney and Saban, so they can do whatever they want with it when they get the footage. And like Derek said, it seemed like they held off on using gun footage for a long time in the American version. But I just I just thought it was kind of nice that like, you know, it would be like if uh, we got Kamen Rider over here, you know, Kamen Rider. About a you know tortured person who becomes like a hero and fights evil because it's the right thing to do instead of a little fucktard prince from Edenoy with a Furby. So, you know. <laughs> sorry, am I bitter? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he had a really hot adopted mom, so he had that going for him. True. Yeah, he didn't have that. So I, I was just gonna but, say uh, I could I can understand and relate to. Justin saying that, you know, this was basically his first Super Sentai and, and you know, to, to make it a uh, personified thing, you know, like you, you, you never forget your first, you know, like, so I mean, <laughs> I mean for, for me, that would probably be Go Onger, but I, I can totally relate to, you know, what Justin's saying. I mean, if this was your first series, like you, it obviously has a, a cherished place in in your you know, your entertainment, your viewing pleasure and stuff like that. So I can totally appreciate that this is this is probably something that you're super fond of because it was the first time you got to see Super Sentai translated into English and everything. And and, and this is, you know, as far as I can see, I mean, it's it's definitely something where I want to keep watching it. And, you know, I, I, I know I say that a lot and it's just one of those things where it's like, I wish I had all the time all the free time in the world. Cause then I, I, you know, I mean, if that, if that was the case, then yeah, I'd watch like every season of doctor who and every, you know, single iteration of super Sentai and common rider and all that other stuff. But, you know, sometimes, you know, inevitably these are the ways we get exposed to, you know, the different groups and everything. And I think other than maybe some team up movies and, and, you know, appearances in, you know, later kind of versus series, like I, I think this is the first time I've seen Decoranger, but I enjoyed it. I really, I really liked it a lot. So I mean, I would definitely, you know, keep watching it. And and the the only other thing I I think I had a note on was just Basseroid, I guess the 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 main guy that was like you know basically blown up by Decorid at the end of it. Like it, it was kind of like Claw from Marvel Comics and Common Rider like had a baby or something. I don't know. Like they, <laughs> it, it, I, I was gonna mention that his arm gun looked yeah. just like yeah you. Ulysses claws. I mean, unfortunately, I guess we we don't really get to see the the Zord or Mech or what have you in this episode. Like it'll, it seems like it's going to come from the the previews of episode two in that second episode. But I guess you know it's not like I don't know what it looks like because I've seen all of SPD. But you know, it's it's just one of those things where sometimes you're like, oh, you know, are they going to get to the 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 mech right away are they gonna work up to it over like five or six episodes and it looks like you know by the second episode they'll probably be you know sorted up and ready to go 
Yeah, I, I did want to like ask Mike real quick. Uh, you and Justin seem to have fond memories of this and SPD. Um, Mike, I know you're not one of the biggest Super Sentai or Kamen Rider fans, um, but did, did you enjoy like this episode? Uh, was this something that you're like, you know, I'm down for this after you like got into it? Yeah, it was a good. It was a good uh, first episode. It was a good debut for all the characters and stuff. I think yeah. Once I saw like Doggy Kruger, I, I kind of like in my head, I was kind of like, didn't he look better like in the actual in the U.S. <laughs> version? Like, but. Other than that, yeah, like I mean, I don't know if I'd I'd watch more of it, but like I I definitely liked it. Cool. I was I was, I was just wondering because, like I said, you 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 are the the only like fan hole besides Brian, of course, who uh, hasn't been sucked in by the Japanese like superhero time universe. So. <laughs> All right. Well, then I I think this is probably a good place to to wrap up the discussion on Decca Ranger, and what we'll do is we'll take a, a brief break and then when we come back we're gonna be talking about space sheriff gabon so stay tuned guys welcome back we are back as promised and we're here to discuss in the second half of this episode space sheriff gavin and what we're gonna do is again talk about the first episode of the series in this decker ranger gavin double dare that we've got going on tonight and the, the first episode, apparently there's like 50 billion titles, so you'll forgive me, but one title I read was The Strange Fortress Beneath Tokyo, and the other title for the first episode was Demon Fortress Under Tokyo. So, same idea, but I'm going to let Justin, again, take it away as far as the breakdown of, of Space Sheriff Gavin, and of course, we know that Justin is a, a huge, huge fan of Space Sheriff Gavin, so... He may have some more stuff up his sleeve for us as we talk about it this evening. So take it away. Space Sheriff Gavin is, of course, the first in the Metal Hero series. It aired from March 5th, 1982 through February 25th, 1983 for a total of 44 episodes. And as Derek has stated, the first episode is called The Strange Fortress Beneath Tokyo. The plot, I'm going to be very kind of loosey-goosey with this because there's a as Mike has just discovered there's a lot of like wackiness and weird things about Gavin. So, but basically, first episode opens with we open with Earth's first space colony, 
And, of course, it is immediately destroyed by a group of space fighters. And then later on, from the Galactic Union Patrol, Gavin arrives on Earth to prevent Don Horror and his Maku Empire from taking over the planet. Gavin settles on Earth using his real name of Retsu Ichijoji and fights alongside his cute assistant Mimi, who can, for whatever reason, turn into a little parakeet. Uh, she fights at his side, and they also use various mecha and vehicles to fight a Maku. That's the short and sweet version. There's a lot more, like, there's all kinds of, like, wackiness where, you know, Gavin is fighting these kind of, like, Maku grunts and monster soldiers. And then Dunhor says, send them to the Maku space, which is, like, some kind of, like, rip in space time. And Maku space, like, don't even try to make sense of it. Anything <laughs> can and will happen, as you've seen. Like, it's, it's like this... It's like a like '60s Steve Ditko like LSD like psychedelic place where anything can happen. You can like stand on the rings of Saturn, or part of a building will come flying at you, and then the whole like landscape will change and it'll be like some kind of like Roman-esque ruins or something. I mean, it's just you know totally like off the wall like bonkers. Um, but I want to like get Mike's thoughts on this because you like had like an interesting like sidestep when you wanted to watch Gavin. Yeah. Like, uh, like I kind of for either I forgot or I clicked on the wrong thing. I forgot how it was, but, uh, I ended up watching the first episode of space sheriff Shider instead. And then like, I was like, Oh wait, this is, I was supposed to watch Gavin. So then I watched that too. And I guess like Shider is way like I like I know it comes after Gavin, but it's it's like way, way out there. Like it, like Gavin was like it was weird stuff in Gavin, but it was so much more straightforward than Shider was. And I, I don't know, like the, the Shider just kind of like it came off as like a like a really bad like distillation of the like, you know, metal hero genre or you know, it, it like the first episode of Shider seemed like a toy commercial almost in comparison to like Gavin. So, you know, I think I came away with a more positive uh, like uh, impression of Gavin afterward. But like, like the first episode of Shider is just like it starts off with the bad guys like you know destroying like some alien planet, and then it cuts to you know the space sheriff headquarters, and it's like you know the the head guy is like you know they destroyed an alien planet. And uh, like uh, the the girl who will be um, Gavin uh, uh, Scheider's uh, sidekick is like they have destroyed my planet. Like I am sad. And then he's like the 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 main guy is like you know we are so all very sorry for the loss of your planet. It like pans across the room. And then there's this fucking guy with like a chicken head just standing there in the room. And it's like it's like treated as completely like normal. I I, I was going to ask you that, Mike, because I, I watched this episode and like when I saw your avatar, I've actually been skimming through on YouTube like the first episode of Gavin. I'm like, I did not see that motherfucker. Yeah, the chicken, the Captain Chicken Head man. Yeah, I don't know. but he, like, there's a guy with a chicken head and there's a guy with like a cat head, like just standing among the like space sheriff recruits. And I was kind of like, wait, what? Like, hey, Mike, what did what did Chicken Headed Man say to Shader's sidekick? He was like, sorry about your plan, Epico! And what's funny is, like, even watching Gavin, you still didn't get away from that because, like, there's that weird girl who, like, 
is one of Don Horror's like groupies and like all she really does throughout the whole series it's like she's like in some kind of like purple cat suit and she has like a bird head and all she does she'll like prance around their hangout and she'll just laugh and be like ha 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 and they'll like carry her around like she's stage diving and she'll prance around and like that's that's kind of all she does. So, like, even watching this, you still didn't get away from, like, weird... Yeah, there's, there's, there was some really, like, bizarre stuff in both of these shows. My, but, I mean... My note is the bird lady is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you're, like, sitting there going, oh, well, clearly it's this nice, you know, fit Japanese lady. So you're like, oh, yeah, that's... But it's, like, one of those things where, like... You know how they always say, oh, put a bag on her head, you know, and it's like one of those things like you take the bag <laughs> off and it's like this bird head. You're like, oh, my God. Ah! It's like it's like, it's like that. It's like that episode of uh, Masters of Horror, Jennifer, except for it's like the bird head. And it makes you feel all weird because you're like, dude, I want to hit that except for the bird head. Like, look away, <laughs> bird head. Look away. Yeah. My, Mike took the bag off and it was like, gawk. <laughs> I had to peck my eyes out, yeah. But no, I mean, otherwise, like, like Gavin was a lot. Like, Gavin had a plot. Like, Scheider didn't even seem to have a real plot. Like, it was just bizarre. Like, if I if I hadn't known it, it, it had been made in the eighties, I would have thought it was like in the seventies or something. I, I, I thought I thought that too, Mike. When Justice said nineteen eighty two, I was like, really? I was like, yeah. Like, both of them kind of seemed like a little outdated, but. I don't know, like, yeah, yeah Gavin, like, I, I think the enemies, especially in Gavin, like, aside from that weird, like, cat suit lady, purple cat suit lady, like, they looked a lot more threatening, and, uh, like, I liked the weird, I called it, I, like, I, I, I mentally called it the Toucan Sam ship, which is, like, yeah. the, the ship that looks like a toucan's, like, beak <laughs> when it's, like, flying around, like. Like and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And like, it started with an opening. <laughs> and it plugs into like the evil base to make it a nice nose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I don't know. Like it, it, it kind of reminded me vaguely of like Mobile Suit Gundam because it started with like a narration where it's like you know, so and so there's this kind of space and this kind of space, and this is where all the demons live, and this is where you know, so and so tries to drag the, the human souls to hell, and blah 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 blue, and yeah, but well, they, but, they um, even have. They even have the character uh, Kosuke Fuji. He's the he's the old man who was like playing soccer with the kids that owns the the horse riding club or whatever. But like he's even reading the newspaper that says like, oh, well, you know, all the kids are like, what's that? He's like, it is a space colony. One day we will all live in space, like in Gundam. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the actor's name, but that's the same guy who was the, the the big eared guy in Zoo Ranger, I think. Oh, okay. Huh. I did not know that. You, you know who I'm talking about, oh. Justin? The. Yes. Yeah. I, I I can't think of his name right now. But... Yeah, me either. I know you're talking about, but yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I was... he, he was basically like the Japanese Zordon, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jap- Japanese yeah. Zordon with like the big ears and the the bicycle or whatever right like yeah yeah I, I, will, I will say like even though it does have that kind of 70s vibe like mike said because that's what i thought when i watched it i was like this is 70s and I, I didn't do a whole lot of research as far as wiki on that sorry but uh you know besides that though i have a, like a, a fondness for the 70s because that was the decade i was born in i unfortunately was too young to really appreciate it 
But um, I kind of like stuff like that, you know, and like the whole like the, the music kind of has that kind of seventies like you know, you know, kind of uh, vibe to it and stuff. And the suits, like they also have that seventies look. But again, I, I like that kind of aesthetic. I've always been someone who kind of likes that retro look, you know. So I, I like how Space Sheriff Gavin looks when he's like all suited up and stuff. And I, I guess the uh, the techno nerd in me, I don't care. I, I like electronic Star Beast. That's a badass dragon. <laughs> I, I think, I, I mean, maybe it, it, to me it seemed like even, even if you did get a vibe that this show was from the 70s, even though it's not, like, I, I felt like it sort of made sense when I saw it ran from 82 to 83 because I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, Return of the Jedi was just finishing up around that point, and, like, by then people had gone through the Star Wars craze, they had seen Battlestar Galactica, like, I I was just seeing parallels to all those things that I loved as a kid, like, the way I looked at this was, and and it's not to say I didn't like watching it now, like, I I think this is pretty freaking awesome, like, and and I would would definitely, you know, want to watch the whole series and and be very enthusiastic about it. I mean, you know, from, from my perspective, I've only seen space sheriff gavin in in other movies to this point you know like in the the gokaiger versus gavin uh, that's where i was introduced to the character and then of course in all the the super sentai tizen type movies you know where gavin was part of the whole metal heroes crew then i was also exposed to more you know space sheriff stuff so that's that's kind of my exposure to gavin but in this i mean it you know it's it's basically the first you know, Metal Heroes show ever. And, like, it seems like it has everything in it that I loved in my childhood. I mean, like, the the actual Dolgiran, you know, flying saucer that Gavin uses, like, to me, that kind of looks like a Cylon base ship. You know, so like I'm thinking about like Battlestar Galactica stuff, you know, the, the the what what was odd to me was it seems like the the Maku fighters you know, that fly around and everything were like a combination between like the the Martian fighters from War of the Worlds and Cylon Raiders. So I thought it was kind of weird that ships that looked like Cylon Raiders were attacking a ship that looked like a Cylon base ship. Because I was like, aren't you guys on the same side? Like, I was all confused and everything. And then, you know, I'm like, well, wait, they're not on the same side. They're like on a totally different side. So there's that. I I feel like, and you're going to laugh, but I'm like, the main villain's name is Don Horror, and this is long after The Godfather was a big deal, you know? So, like, you're sitting there going, oh, it's a space crime family. So, it's like, it's almost like you've got a little bit of Godfather influence in it. The The main, you know, bug-eyed monster of the episode, I think in, in the the subtitle I watched, they called it the Clam Monster. But, like, it kind of reminded me of either the, you know, SETI Alpha 5 things from Star Trek 2 that, like, burrowed around in the sand, or there's actually an episode of V the series that's pretty infamous because it was deemed so violent they basically never re-aired it after the initial airing. Like, they didn't re-air it in reruns or anything. And, of course, continuity-wise, it doesn't make any sense because they... It, it was almost like they introduced characters twice. So it's like because they, they ripped that episode out of the 
the series runtime, but there's like this kind of gulag or whatever that they've got all these humans working for the visitors at. And like, if they basically it's like a gulag, but there's no gate, you know? So like they, they come to this camp and they're like, there's no gate. Like, why can't they just run away? And it's like, this is why. And the guy tries to like run away and he's running away through the sand. And basically there's this monster called a crivet in the sand. And it like eats the guy whole when he tries to like run away from the prison or whatever. And so like, like that reminded me a little bit of like the, the clam monster in this, like how he kind of burrows through the ground at points and like pops out and stuff. Like it, it kind of reminded me of either the, the, SETI Alpha 5 things from Star Trek 2 or the, the Crivet from V the series. So, like, there, I, I just think there were, like, lots of things like that where I was like, and, I mean, you can't deny, like, Gavin's laser sword is, like, a lightsaber. You know what I mean? Oh, like, the, or, or the way he, he rides around on the Siberian is kind of like Silver Surfer, like, flying through space. Like, I was going to ask Justin, like, does he ever actually, like, ride it like a motorcycle or does he always, like, surf it? Like when when it shoots out or whatever. There are a few times where he actually like rides it like a normal person, but usually he will just like <laughs> ride it like a silver server. Yeah, <laughs> normal person. And like and like I know I know we were yucking it up about the the matte painting dimension or whatever, but like I love <laughs> I love that shit, man. Like that that kind of reminds me of like old Star Trek or Lost in Space or Doctor Who. It's like it's like like an E Man like commercial in a way, you know? Like yeah, I, mean, I I yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I. I had a lot of fun watching this. Like, I, I think it's really cool. And, like, even, I guess, maybe, like, I, I was going to say, even maybe, like, some ties to, like, recent sci-fi, like the, you know, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, because you've got, you know, a, a character that has a, a human mother and, like, an alien father, you know? Yeah, Star-Lord. Yeah, kind of like Star-Lord. And, like, the, the, only, the only thing that I was going to yuck it up about was, like, when we first see Kenji Oba as Gavin on his, you know, Cylon base ship or whatever, like, that outfit he's got on, I was, like, sitting there going, you know, <laughs> I was like, Mark, Mark, calling Austin, Mark, calling Austin, you know, and that's that's kind of what that reminded me of, like, all aliens have to, like, dress like Mark from fucking orc or some shit, you know, like, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it brought back a lot of kind of fond memories, I guess, of, of existing sci-fi stuff, like, it seemed to take from all those tropes and everything i I was gonna say like the episode of shider like the the matte painting dimension in shider is like so much worse than the one in gavin (laughs) like like they like literally like it'd be like the monster's suit was like so like cumbersome that he'd like sort of nudge the matte painting and you'd see it ripple like in the background (laughs) and stuff so yeah they did a lot better job in that and gavin we're on a set (laughs) Um, I, I think one thing I kind of liked about it was uh, maybe Derek and, and Justin would agree, but a lot of these heroes from the earlier time and, you know, metal heroes, Tokusatsu, you know, even Sentai, they seem a lot more hard nosed, you know, hard boiled. You know, Gavin is very no nonsense. He's not someone who's like, you know, like, I'm a space cop. Yay. And even though I like the Heisei era of like Common Rider, a lot of the protagonists are guys who don't know what they're doing in life they're young they, they they have to find the courage to be a hero and like when reduced to gavin he's already a hero he's already a badass and like was that kind of cool too he was already like you know that's space motherfucking sheriff gavin <laughs> yeah to, to me that's more of that whole like 
disconnect from the show in the Heisei. You know, it's like in Showa, you know, me and Derek have had this conversation before about like concerning common writers. There's this whole like Showa attitude where, you know, you have to be a man and man up and like, you know, men don't cry and all this. Whereas in the Heisei era, like it's okay to like, to cry and you know it's it's okay to like have wanderlust and not you know not know where your place is or like what your job should be basically what justin's trying to say is gavin type g is a dirty dirty millennial and kenji oba <laughs> is like a man he is very manly i would not want to fight that guy he's just like yeah pretty badass i, I was going to like uh go back to something you said derek as far as like uh how it looked like to stuff you watched back in the day. Like, um, even though like I thought this was from the seventies, I've always been a big fan of practical effects. This is not saying I hate CGI. So don't even start. I, I love some movies with CGI, but I've always loved model work and really good model work. And like, I remember the opening, like you guys were talking about with the colony and that shuttle coming in and everything. I'm like for a TV show, like, you know, we were talking about budget, you know, with stuff that doesn't look kind of as good, like, you know, doggy Kruger stuff. The models in this are fucking awesome. I, I mean, like the Star Beast or like, you know, like the, the, the fighters or the anything, but the models were fucking cool. Like the enemy base is badass. It looks fucking threatening as hell. It like did have a Star Wars vibe. It was like so big and it's like Yeah, it's like it's like they had the budget of Doctor Who, but they made it look like they had the budget of Battlestar Galactica or Star Wars or something, you know, because they tried to make everything look all epic and cool in outer space and stuff. So I, I definitely appreciate that. The, the other thing I was going to ask about, like, and I know it's all factual and stuff, but Gavin comes from the planet Bird. Like, really? He comes from <laughs> planet Bird? That that threw me because that was the first time I'd heard that. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like you were talking about earlier, there's different translation for, like, the first episode title. Like, I've seen different translations where it's actually Planet Bart, which is not that much better, but like, <laughs> like, like from the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't bark. It's like they, they all like they all greet each other by being like, "I caramba, I caramba." They're like, "Don't, don't have a cow planet. Don't have a cow." <laughs> like the the, the the cruelest insult is like, "Eat my shorts." <laughs> Homer's like, "Bart, don't bother the chicken man." <laughs> now, now I wish. I was like, now, now I wish Luke Giaconetti was here because he'd probably explain to us why the Romans, Romanization of Bart or Bird makes like total complete sense on like a, a high level, like reason yeah, right? and stuff. But, oh, well. oh I, I was going to bring up one more thing. Um, I watched this uh, series by Brian Tindall. He's a he's a YouTuber. There, there's a trope in a lot of those movies called he he calls it Kenny because one of the first ones was a kid named Kenny. And there are like four Kennys in this episode. <laughs> they're like running around underneath in the underground base, and like you know, they're trying to find out the evil plot and stuff like that. They, they, like, I didn't. It didn't bother me because I'm used to Kennys in my Godzilla movies and my Gamera movies. But like Mike or like you know even Justin or Derek, did, did like the Kennys bother you? Like the little kids running around trying to like solve the mystery and stuff. I I feel like I understand that that's just. The, a typical trope in like a lot of these tokusatsu shows. I mean, especially the early ones, because it was like, you know, Spider Man. Like he had his little kid brother that he did a blood transfusion with, and there there are always like little kids. Whether it's like the the little poor blind girl who couldn't, you know, 
get reunited with her father. And at the end of it, he's like, don't worry, you'll see your father again, even though he's totally dead. You know, and the little writer's <laughs> like, really? Great! And it's like, <laughs> Spider-Man didn't have the heart to tell her that her fucking dad was dead. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> End of the episode! You know, like, and it's just like, there, there are always going to be, like, little kids in, I, I feel like, like, especially in this genre, like, that seems to be kind of like just the way it is so i think I, I mean unless unless i think about it too hard i mean i suppose you know it, it it only gets annoying if you if you let it get annoying i suppose but i mean it didn't really bother me that there was a whole boy scout troop in this trying to figure out what was going on with the aliens i i think what i found funny was like that even though it seemed like they tried to illustrate that the world knew that there were aliens coming there was also this kind of notion that the the boy and his little sister like they were just kind of like they woke up one morning and they went look ufos like they were the first people to see it on the whole planet even yeah, though they yeah. weren't you know and i'm just like come on you you think like you'd think like somebody else would have noticed a bunch of ufos coming to earth before like just the little kids <laughs> do but you know whatever like i'm just kind of like i'm just going with it like this is fun you know uh, did you guys have any f thoughts about the the little kid no i mean kind of like derek that's par for the course as far as toga goes but like as as for the rest of the series like there there are episodes that are like more fo focused on you know, kids or kids connected to that ranch and, you know, playing soccer and drinking milk, you know. Of course, there's, like, typical episodes where, you know, kids are kidnapped or they stumble upon, you know, Maku base, like, in the mountains, and Gavin has to rescue them or whatnot. Oh, okay. All right. You're just going to lead the monsters onto a rickety rope bridge, and that'll solve that problem. <laughs> I think the only thing I, I would say about, like, Gavin... The, the, the original series is I, I'm kind of like Derek. It does hit my nostalgia buttons, but not in the bad way. Not in the like, you know, th this is is so old that like I, I appreciate it for being old, but it's not good. It is. It is really good. It's like Gavin is very heroic. He is, he is a man's man, you know, and the, the like I said, if they keep doing this stuff with the spaceships and stuff, which obviously they will because it's called Space Sheriff Gavin. Um, I, I actually might, wouldn't mind watching more of this. It, like I said, the the retro field doesn't bother me at all. Like it, it doesn't seem it seems dated, but dated in the the right way. It's like it, this sounds like silly, but it's like they could have made this episode in 2015 and done it in this way. And again, like you know, the the film quality looks like it's from the 70s. Like I was talking about with the uh, the previous Decorator episode, but I could almost see it coming full circle and being like. It's not a parody. It's an homage to the '70s, and like it actually could work in like the the 2015s, and you know, or you know, 2017. I'm just saying, like you know, for a random time period. So I could really enjoy that. You know, I could really, I got, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was silly enough to be silly, crazy enough to be crazy, but fun enough that I enjoyed myself. I, I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing more of his like adventures in in space. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like. In Gavin, like when he transforms, it's like particles come from his ship and form his suit around him. And that's like paid homage to in Decker Ranger because the same process, it's like the particles come from the base and form the suit around the Decker Rangers. Like that was a, like that was a direct nod to Gavin. Oh, okay, cool. I did, I did, I did not notice that. 
I know what I liked about that transformation sequence is it seems to confirm what my theory always was about henshins in the common Rider and Super Sentai universe, that that it basically, it happens super fast, but then they have that trope in this where they're like, all right, kids, that was too fast for the human eye. Now let's go back <laughs> yeah. and like watch the transformation sequence. So it eats up like, you know, a minute and 30 seconds for every episode, you know, so that that's a minute and 30 seconds we don't have to shoot like for every single episode or whatever. And, and like, I, I think I appreciated that. The, the other, another thing I, I thought was, was kind of a really good idea, but I'm not sure if it really gets, gets expanded upon or anything. Like, the notion that one of the Maku generals is this guy named Hunter Killer, and that he was a former space sheriff, like, he was a space sheriff gone bad, like, like, that kind of fills, like, things in my head, like, oh, you know, he's like the, the venom to space sheriff Gavin, or he's you know, he's the 006 to Gavin's 007 or, you know, th those kind of things. I mean, it sounds like a really cool idea. I don't know in this episode that I felt like that was, that was fully realized because he just seems like kind of almost like another Maku henchman. Like he doesn't seem quite as cool as, as the idea seems to be, but I don't know if maybe that changes as the series goes on or if they move on to other, you know, villains or, or how that works he um yeah he didn't have a whole lot to do in this episode but the first i don't know maybe the first like 30 episodes like he's there and they do expand more on not only his past but like gavin's past and also the past of like gavin's father like there's a whole you know there's a whole like backstory for like that and hunter killer and they they do get into it a bit more and you know, Hunter Killer definitely goes through some changes throughout the series. Cool. Oh, Derek, I did want to ask you this because uh, I, I know Manu's uh, preference for for aesthetics. So, which do you prefer? Do you prefer silver, kind of painty looking Gavin, or chromy, shiny like two thousands Gavin? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I guess I guess maybe because I was probably exposed to like shiny, chromy Gavin first. Maybe I'm used to that. Like, like I kept looking at the suit in this, and it's it's fine. But like, it's funny to notice now that there are the. It's like it's a guy wearing a black like wetsuit with some armor layered over it, as opposed to like it being almost like a completely armored suit. If that makes any sense. So yeah, that, that I thought was kind of interesting, and I, I sort of noticed that as I was watching this, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe because of the, you know, because cause this is something me and Justin were talking about, but it seems like because of that new movie's release, Gavin is definitely at the forefront, you know, in terms of merchandising and stuff like that. So there there are going to be, you know, figure arts re-releases of, you know, the original Gavin figure, and then they've got the Siberian, and then you can get the figure with the Siberian and stuff like that. So, and and they've got like prop prop replicas of the sword and all kinds of stuff like that. So that that seems like it'd be kind of cool. But I think I think to answer your question, I think a lot of those figure arts are very chromy as well. So I guess maybe that's that's what I sort of feel like I'm used to. Okay. What well, what about you, Justin? I prefer like the shiny chrome. Um, Ooh, like, nice. yeah, like uh, as to the figure arts, like I don't have any of the Gavin figure arts, 
Um, but I did see a review where the reviewer basically said, don't handle the figures without gloves because the chrome is very prone to like flaking, uh, showing fingerprints and, you know, ba- basically it like will desperately hold on to like the, you know, the natural like sweat and grease in your hands. Yeah. Oils. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's cool. You like you guys both like the chrome guy. No, I, I was just wondering about that. So I, I don't know if you've seen that, Mike, but like in the, in the, in the newer movies that they've released, like where he, he appears, his suit is pretty much just like vac metalized, which is really shiny. Trans, looks, trans metal. Pretty much, yeah. He's been trans metalized. That, that, that'll flake off eventually. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, if, if like the bad guys handle him too much, he's like, <laughs> quit touching me. <laughs> I do like the glowing eyes, though. The glowing eyes are pretty cool. This seems to be a, a kind of a, a metal heroes thing. They all have like kind of glowy eyes. Is that a thing, Justin? You know more about them than I do. It, it's totally a thing. They like even carry that on through like you know Sherry Van Scheider, Just Beyond. Like most of the middle heroes have like glowing eyes for some reason. Huh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think maybe. Uh, I mean, th- does anybody have any final thoughts, or do we want to kind of wrap this up? I, I would just say, um, as someone like Derek who's never seen like the series before, um, outside of movies. I thought it was fun. It's a great throwback. Um, if you like really good action and a badass hero, like give it a chance. I uh, Justin knocks it out of the park on these like suggestions. He got me in the guy, like I said, and Space Sheriff Gavin again. Like Derek said, I don't know if I had the hours in the day to watch the full series, but I wouldn't mind if somebody said like, "Hey, let's watch episode two. I wouldn't be like, "No, fuck that." I I, w- I would totally watch like more of this. Yeah, I mean, I actually did keep going and, and I watched more episodes. But I, I think, um, like, like we were saying, that you know, you just wish you had all the time in the world to watch all the all the things, all the shows you wanted to see. But this is this is definitely given me a an excuse to to at least follow up on that because I think I've always I've always had some interest in watching Space Sheriff Gavin, and so Justin gave me the opportunity to realize that. So so I do appreciate that. Yeah, it was interesting. Like like I said, I, I don't know if I'd watch any more unless I was made to, basically, but like I didn't hate it. I enjoyed watching it. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, of course, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can check out all the backlog of our episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. In addition to Sentai Saturdays, we've got a bunch of spinoff shows like Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, Mobile Suit Mondays, Big in Japan, where we talk anime, and of course, Comic Books Motherfucker, Do You Read Them, where we talk about comics, and the Fanholes Podcast proper. So, until the next time, this is going to be Derek... Derek WC actually signing off, but it actually, I sign off within like a split second, and then you have to go back and watch a bunch of special footage to see how I actually signed off with my special <laughs> space carrier. Signing off. And then then the narrator assures us, like, the transformation takes 0.5 seconds. Like, it does! Like, don't question it! <laughs> anyway, it's Mike. Pock-a-hock! Pock-a-hock! And this is Justin, and just gonna go hang out in my bathtub. And this is Tony, and gotta drive fast! Gotta go faster!
Break up those cat weddings. They piss me off so much. Fucking cats. Well, cats don't get married. They just hang outside my house and mew for food. He's like, he's like driving through the wedding. He's like, don't you know that half of all cats, uh, cat marriages end in divorce? <laughs> <laughs> He, like, breaks through the wedding and, like, just pans to him in his car and he, like, turns his head and goes, what a bunch of pussies. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Oh, sorry. (laughs) He's driving. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) I got you a coffee maker. (laughs) Derek, I, I didn't mention this on the show, but, like, you know who plays Gavin's dad? Uh, it's, uh, Sunny Chiba. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, cool. That's cool. The original ninja. He, I guess they could only afford him for one episode, but he's there. He's there, and then he never he never comes back ever again. Yeah. What, is, I'm going to America. Does, does he come, like, later in the series, or? Um. Like, when they're doing those somewhere, flashbacks, or? Yeah, it's somewhere in the 30s. Let me see if I can find it. He's got a weird name. Like, oh, Voicer. <laughs> his, his name is Voicer. Huh. All right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns, of course, my dog will constantly whine in the background until I let him in. So hang on. He's like, I heard you said Doggy Cougar from like the American version was cooler. What the hell? <laughs> like, fur, damn it. I have fur. The dog is looking for the chicken-headed man. <laughs> 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 